Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. Today, a look at VGK players that have received RFA qualifying offers and those who have not. It's all coming up ahead on today's episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Tollick, and we are here in Las Vegas. You could find us all at Lockdown VGK, as well as on Twitter. I am at Tony Dasco. And he is at TD Chris G. Chris, yesterday we saw all of the RFAs that were offered and those who were not in this first segment. Let's examine the players that were offered qualifying offers yesterday. And then we'll talk in the second segment about those who were not. Uh, so first of all, uh, those who received qualifying offers yesterday, Keegan Kolasar, Nick Waugh, Jonas Ronbjork, Nick Haig, Brayden Puhal, and Jake Lashizen, they all received qualifying offers yesterday. So just so everyone understands this a little bit better, because we really don't understand all the ins and outs of the RFAs, um, a player can become an unrestricted free agent if they are over 27 years old or have played in the league for seven years. Qualifying offer must be at least 110% of a player's base salary from the season prior if they make under 650 k 105% if the player makes between 650000 and a million, 100% of the player makes over $1 million. And out of those six players, Chris, any surprises in your estimation? No, no, not at all. I mean, you look at, um, we mentioned uh, Colasar. Colasar was the one person that I thought maybe they might look on from. But when you look at his stats and uh, what he's going to be slated to make based on all of that, Colasar is a must. Obviously, Nicholas Waugh. Someone like Nicholas Waugh, you wonder if someone will come in with an offer sheet and um, and maybe try and up uh, the ante a little bit for VGK, so to speak. Because um, if someone does get signed to an offer sheet, then VGK can, can, can match that or decide uh, what they're going to do. But there's also compensation depending on um, the, the salary value. And I think all the players, if I'm not mistaken, were under a million dollars. So BGK would not get any compensation should someone else sign one of our restricted free agents off of an offer sheet. But certainly uh, no surprises there. Like I said, Colasar was the one. Uh, Ron Bjerg had a lot of uh, uh, had some games up last year. Nicholas Haig, obviously, you're going to hold on to. So no surprises there so far. Um, we'll see if the surprises come today and tomorrow with free agency looming. Yeah, so tomorrow the beginning of, uh, again, uh, free agency in earnest in something that was really strange yesterday for the early part of the day and for the early part of the morning. Again, there was a shroud of secrecy with VGK for a while. They did not release the names of those that were offered that were tendered offers and those who were not, which I thought was kind of strange because everyone else around the league uh, was firing off the names of those that were offered and uh, didn't uh, receive the qualifying offers. So I thought that, that was kind of odd for a minute. And then I guess they finally uh, might have received word from the NHL front office 
that they have to receive, uh, that they have to get out there and uh, let the fans know, release all of that information. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a deadline. It's uh, 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Um, I wasn't that dialed in uh, as the afternoon went, but I feel like I saw it come out. Now, I don't know if I if it came out around that 2 o'clock deadline or if it came out later, but obviously all the teams in the league need to know um, – who's available and who's not, because today is the day they're looking to see who they can maybe pick up on that secondary market, so to speak, before free agency starts. And then, you know, Braden Pahal uh, is an interesting topic of discussion, I would have to imagine. Why do you think he received the qualifying offer? Is it because he's not making a ton of money there? Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to look at that. Um, A ton of time down with Henderson last year and simply could be looking at someone that might be able to take the next step or someone that they believe will take the next step. Not necessarily uh, this year, maybe sometime in the next two or three years. So, you know, it's just one of our many lottery tickets right now that we're scratching, even though we don't have a lottery lottery here in Nevada. Yeah, and so among those players, too, they're not going to be receiving a lot of money, right? We talked about the percentages of uh, their salaries and all that. They won't be receiving a huge pay increase uh, by getting tendered those offers, correct? And so, Yeah, so I believe all the players yeah. fall in that 105% range because all their contracts were like just south of a million dollars, if I read that correctly. I think we're probably... Uh, looking at some of the same news out there on the internet this morning. Um, so I think they're going to be in the 105%, but I think arbitration, if I'm not mistaken, they are also arbitration eligible, which that could you know put a wrench into things as well. If someone like Nicholas Wad does go to arbitration, I don't know how much more you can get off of arbitration. That's something I didn't research a lot about, but arbitration might throw a wrench in things if that, if it can be far from, you know, where that uh, qualifying offer is. I know that you are a big Nick Hague fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, what do you perceive in his future with VGK? So Nick Hague, I remember his first season coming up uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. I felt he was a big body, but I felt his speed, he didn't have enough speed to necessarily match his body's strength. So let's, his closest VGK comparable is, is Braden McNabb, right? Braden McNabb is a big body. He'll you know put you into the first row with that hip check. And just an awesome, stable defenseman. That was the word I was looking for. Stable, uh, stay-at-home type of defenseman. Nick Haig has a little more offensive scoring touch simply with that uh, one, the one-timer, the Hager bomb, as uh, it's been uh, known as to the VGK faithful. Um, but I really felt Nick Haig's speed increased this past season. Um, again, big, big body. There's a lot of coordination there and a lot of things that need to happen to get him up to speed. And I feel that he was able to keep up with the at the NHL level much, much better. It, it, it's odd because you look at some of these new defensemen like, you know, Kale McCarr, Shea Theodore, you know, people like that. They're not these big, big bodies and stuff like that. But a lot of teams do have a mix of these quick defensemen that can rush the puck up the ice, uh, get back as well, and just a real good two-way game. And then you do have these big bodies who are more or less going to be your stay at home, take care of, uh, take care of the defensive side of things. And it's a real nice mix of what BGK has right now. And Nick Hague definitely fits in the category in the sense that he's going to be protecting the nets, hopefully excelling more on the defensive side of the ice versus the offensive side of the ice. But I felt like he took a real big step forward and I'm real curious to see how his speed develops with his size coming into season six. 
And I'm uh, just curious about Jake Lashizen, and he does have an upside, I think, for his future, but a centerman. Uh, should we read anything into this with the offer tendered to him? Played in 41 games. That's kind of surprising. I didn't realize that he played in that many games this past season. And he had a couple of goals, and he also wound up at six points. But uh, could he be a center of the future with the VGK? Oh, no doubt. Um, again, back to that you know lottery ticket thing. Let's kind of see what happens. But uh, you said, what, 40-plus games, I believe. That's a lot of games. Uh, not a lot of offensive output. But, again, he was able to – you know, learn, learn on the fly, so to speak, given uh, everything that happened. Obviously, if uh, VGK doesn't have all those man games lost, Jake LeCision, he may not even played a single game last year, let alone 40 plus games. Um, I'm not knocking Jake LeCision for that or anything. It's just simply how the opportunity uh, worked out. Uh, we'll just kind of wait and see how he develops. Um, can he be a center of the future or the center of the future? I'm not sure if I would go that high necessarily, but he is someone that can compete at the NHL level and did a good job, all things considered. Um, I wouldn't read too far into that, though, as far as what may or may not happen. I mean, you know, someone like William Carlson does get moved on from uh, these next couple of days. I would say someone like Nick Waugh would be the first one to, to you know step up. Um, I know we'll get into this later, obviously, but Brett Howden, he's not um, he has not been extended as of now. So we'll see what that creates as far as a domino effect goes. Maybe someone like LeCision will be up there on the fourth line this year. Yeah, and uh, the other uh, player that we wanted to talk just a little bit more about, Jonas Ron Bjork. Uh, Ron Bjork uh, played 30 games with the VGK. And all of these games, even though, you know, the season was disjointed, they were in and out. They played in different positions. Everyone was moved around, different lines and what have you. It still had to be a good learning experience. I'd have to believe for all of these players last season. No doubt. I mean, you know, you look at the big picture of last season. I mean, it was a it was a dumpster fire as far as all the injuries and everything that happened, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, VGK, HSK and all the players that have these contracts now, they are going to be much, much stronger coming into season number six. Should they uh, get called upon Um, at the AHL level? Ron Bjerg had in his 39 games played, he was 14 goals, 13 assists and a, a plus eight on a team that, you know, didn't necessarily have the best defensive stats. So Ron Beer definitely can do it at the AHL level. And I think is probably of all the players we've been talking about outside of like, obviously Haig and Dick Wah, um, that is probably the most NHL ready right now. Just uh, two goals, four assists in his 30 games last year with the Golden Knights, uh, plus minus of zero as well, which again, that says something because he's out there on the lower lines on the third and fourth lines, which means he's getting a lot of time against the, uh, you know, the best players in the NHL, their top two lines, uh, depending how the matchups go. So Ron Bjerg is very encouraging and someone I do think you will see a lot more at the VGK level next year based on uh, how last year went. Coming up next, uh, Brett Howden, as you mentioned, among those VGK players that did not receive a qualifying offer yesterday. We'll have more after this on Lockdown Golden Knights. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. That's right. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. Absolutely. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar is the flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of Coconut Brownie goodness. Stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, 
high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are here only for a limited time. So go to built.com today and make sure that you don't miss out. They're going very fast, like everything else in the built family, and they also taste amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good, and it's good for you. Delicious coconut-rich sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing right now and go to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You will get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. Welcome back on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And Chris, yesterday, a bit of a surprise perhaps, as Brett Howden did not receive a RFA qualifying offer. However, Darren Drigger reported late in the day that he is expected to sign a deal somewhere along the way. That's definitely a good thing. Um, looking at Brett Howden's stats right now, 47 games played, 9 and 11 with a plus 9. Uh, we were talking a few times um, last season, a lot of the things that McCrimmon did were certainly um, overshadowed based on the output and results of last season. But uh, Brett Howden was one of those signings that had, I mean, without Brett Howden, just think about what would have happened. Unfortunately, he was only able to be on the ice for 47 games, but without Brett Howden on, you know, the, the bottom six, that would have made things even more difficult in a tough season. But like you said, there could be something else coming for Howden for VGK. Hopefully we do find a way to hold on to him. But if we don't, this is just one of those things that sometimes has to happen, right? You, you can't keep everybody. Um, we're talking about our tier three and tier four players right now. Um, come the start of free agency and the pending Riley Smith announcements that's when you start seeing things happen with your tier one and tier two players, which is really when someone like Brett Howden is going to be called upon to potentially be that line three, line four center that could even move up in a pinch uh, given injuries and things like that. And then, uh, you know, yesterday on the show, you and I kind of figured out that we didn't believe that Dylan Ferguson, because he wasn't on the development league roster uh, on the camp roster, I should say, and so he did not receive a qualifying offer. Dylan Ferguson, uh, there's a lot of goalies that are out there now in this camp, in development camp, on the AHL level. And Dylan Ferguson might just be the odd man out. Exactly. Um, you know, Dylan Ferguson, everyone's got a soft spot for him, given the fact that he uh, did take the VGK ice in the regular season in season number one. And he's been around for a long time. Love him down in Henderson. Um, but again, there's so many, we, we got three goalies at the NHL level right now. If again, this is probably a long, if right now, but if Brassois is held on to and doesn't make, and doesn't get traded in the next couple of days, if Robin Leonard is healthy, you know, Logan Thompson goes back down, right? He's got the two-way contract. That's the only thing that makes sense. So then at the AHL side, now you're going to have Logan Thompson, uh, Patera, Seville, and then we have goalies in camp as well. You know, at some point, uh, there's just too many, uh, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Yeah. And then uh, others that did not receive the qualifying offers yesterday, Ben Jones. That's an interesting case. And Jack Dugan, who, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where I don't feel like he was really developed, you know, in the AHL on that level. 
And I thought that he might be a Bruce Cassidy guy. However, uh, did not receive that qualifying offer. And he goes off to free agency. And I'm just wondering if he has any value on the open market. You never know. Um, first of all, looking at Jack Dugan's stats with the with the Silver Knights, 37 games, uh, goes 10 and 23 in 2021. So, I mean, that's pretty solid. <clears throat> 21, 22, 35 games, goes 6 and 12. So there was a little bit of um, – a little bit of a regression year over a year. Uh, he's a plus three, then down to a minus eight. Um, ben Jones, I don't know. I mean, we like Ben Jones. He's been a, a day one HSK, you know, again, fan fan favorite down there, appreciated and everything. But he also just kind of seems like a guy right now. And this, I'm not knocking him, just, you know, some people just don't seem to necessarily be developing and decisions do have to be made that, are mainly impactful based on the salary cap situation and uh, what the player's long-term outlook looks like. Simply Dugan and Ben Jones, they might just be saying, Hey, I, you know, it may, you may might need to change the scenery, right? It might just come down to, it's not going to work out here for them. Not to say they might not catch on somewhere else and crack the NHL level with regularity, but it might not just be with the Vegas Golden Knights, unfortunately. We can get into this uh, and start a little bit, you know, for our next segment. But uh, the goalies, the goalie situation here in Las Vegas, um, I still believe that Brandon, uh, like Persuas, is going to go, right? I mean, Laurent Persuas is going to go. I confuse those two all the time. Uh, he's got to be traded, right? Uh, you would have to believe at some juncture because they do have the number one and the number two goalie, Robin Leonard and your guy, of course. And so uh, yesterday I saw where uh, Washington got, they did not tender an offer to Ilya uh, Samsonov, right? Um, 3.5 million is what he made last season. So if you get rid of a Laurent Brassois, can you fill in the gaps there with someone like, uh, I I really do believe um, Samsonov is a guy that started off hot and you really just need a goalie. Uh, for perhaps the first half of the season. So Samsonov last season started off 11-1-1. I think I read that he had three shutouts in the month of December. And so do you try to, you know, sign someone like that in the interim, and then you can play your uh, cap gymnastics after that uh, because you just need someone for that first half of the season. Would that be prudent? I mean, depends on on his contract and what he wants, right? I mean, Brassois, I believe, is in the $2 million range. Uh, obviously, we, we know what Leonard's situation is. So now we're adding someone. I mean, the goalie market is thin right now. We, we hit a little bit on this yesterday, right? Goalies seem to be getting paid right now, not necessarily based on their stats, but just simply based on their availability. The supply and demand is more on the demand and less on the supply side right now. So what sense would it necessarily make to try and move on from Brassois at two something million a year for someone who might command, again, I'll say might, uh, might command, you know, in that 3 million range, especially if it's an offer sheet situation, I think we would have to match his previous contract uh, given he checks the boxes of being under 27 and under seven years of service in the NHL. So I don't know if that would be the best option to go. Um, Honestly, given the cap situation, I know, again, I know you can, you have LTIR and stuff like that, but eventually these players do come back from LTIR and that's when the, the roadblock comes of players that need to get back at the NHL level and you just don't have the salary cap. 
So taking on a goalie for three million right now, I don't know if that's going to necessarily uh, fill that void uh, given our cap restraints. Yeah, this goalie carousel continued yesterday. Uh, Matt Murray <laughs> signed yesterday by the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, yeah. a lot happening around the NHL with goaltenders. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how the Murray situation plays out up in Toronto. I mean, Toronto seems to be a cursed franchise as far as uh, getting out of that first round and stuff. And, you know, they, they took Tampa to seven games. I believe they had a 3-1 lead in that series, if I'm not mistaken. And Tampa crawled all the way back to uh, take uh, take Toronto out. So now they turn to a Stanley Cup champion times two, Matt Murray. And is Matt Murray, uh, you know, the the hero that they need up in Toronto? Is he the one that they're going to put up on the bat signal with his face and, you know, save the city, so to speak? I don't know if um, I would go that far. Um, I thought Toronto might have made a bigger splash and gone after like a Mark Andre Fleury and such, but I think Fleury, uh, I think Fleury likes Minnesota. He likes having his family there, and I think Fleury could have done better than three point five million. Um, but you know, again, Matt Murray and uh, Mark Andre Fleury competing for a job again. Go figure. Coming up next, we'll take a look at development camp. Nothing really happened much on the ice yesterday. Just some skate arounds and a chance for the players to bond. We'll get into that when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Welcome back on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Pollock from Las Vegas. Chris, we saw yesterday the opening day of development camp. Much ado about really nothing. Um, the players got together, did some drills on the ice, met with the media. And Brendan Brisson, who I think is the focal point of this development camp because of his just, you know, quick meteoric rise from playing at Michigan to being a star at the AHL level here in Henderson to now perhaps uh, the next great VGK player, who knows. Uh, But he was really excited. And, you know, we haven't realized uh, that these players have not had this opportunity in a couple of years. They have not had the chance for prospect camps. And so this is a big deal for all the players that showed up. And also for Brendan Brisson, it was a good opportunity, as he said, to be back and also to get a lot of VGK swag. He was so excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> I like that. Um, so you mentioned the opportunity and everything. And, you know, obviously COVID changed a lot with uh, camps and everything for the last couple of years, unfortunately. Um, I think there is certainly excitement amongst not just all of the the kids and the draft picks and everything, but the veterans too. Um, I'm not a big breaking news scoop type guy, but I do have some knowledge that I think there's going to be some veteran presence at some of these practices at some point this week. I know the schedule had to get changed around at city national to possibly accommodate some of these uh, veterans who wish to take the ice, whether they're going to take the other sheet of ice or they want to skate with the kids in some of these uh, practices. I'm not sure about that. But, yes, there is excitement, and I think some of our VGK vets want to lead by example and uh, get the uh, off-season, tr- off-season training camp started early because VGK does seem like they're going to be on a mission here in season number six. Yeah, and another player that uh, was at the podium yesterday and really represented himself well and perhaps another face of the future, Caden uh, Korzak, who you've seen a lot on the AHL level. What I really like about him, he's a big guy. He's about 6'4", close to 200 pounds. 
Yeah, so I just uh, just Twitter scrolling yesterday. It seemed like all the all the different uh, various outlets were very high on him. And again, you know, the the future is on display right now. And I hope we are developing these players. You know, let's go back to Dugan and Ben Jones here. They're players that you did expect at some point to possibly take the reins at the NHL level. It seems like, at least for the moment, we are cutting our ties with them. And a concern that I brought up a lot of times and cited the success of teams like Colorado and Tampa and things like that is they got to where they are by developing this talent. It was a, it was a timely process, right? McKinnon was a, a draft pick, I believe, in 13-14. Um, you know, going back to, uh, I keep bringing up the Chicago Blackhawks, which I totally unrelated to the segment, of course, but um, it seems like Patrick Kane is going to put in his trade request today and the Rangers are his uh, A1 target right now. But the reason I bring up uh, the Chicago Blackhawks is they went through a long time of not performing well and not playing well, which as a result, uh, let them acquire Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, which got them to where they were for the last, you know, you know, 14, 15 years, uh, three Stanley Cups in that time. And during that time, it's not just about playing bad. I mean, sure, that's part of it to get the draft picks, but there's developing players in the pipeline, and then everything just kind of clicks and comes together. Uh, VGK is on a different path, obviously, based on their early success, where we have our the core of the team, and then you put players around them, and you hope uh, some players like a Nicholas Waugh, for example, uh, like Nick Waugh, who exceeds all expectations, and does extremely well. So that's the kind of spot that we're in right now. And just looking at the, at the camp and stuff, you really hope that there are a lot of gems right now at City National. We may not know it this year, next year, even the following year, but you know, come 2026, 27, 28, that's really where some of these players you're seeing now, it's like, wow, boom, here they are all of a sudden. So let's hope that's the path that all these players are on right now. I just forget, you know, that some of these players are so young, like you saw Matias Sapovalov, the number one pick for VGK in this past draft. And these are youngsters that are out there, um, baby-faced and all. And uh, Sapovalov uh, making his first appearance, first time ever in Las Vegas. And he said that the heat just hit him right in the face when he uh, got <laughs> off the plane. But it is great to see a lot of these new players and also the new staff. And, you know, it just has to be such a, a really busy week for the front office of VGK. You're trying to evaluate the players in development camp. You're dealing with the RFAs. And now, uh, as of tomorrow, free agency begins at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. So you really have to do a balancing act between trying to do the evaluation and all of that process, sorry, process, and then also, you know, you have to deal with the free agents. It's a crazy week around here. Uh, why everything <laughs> happening this week? Why why couldn't they wait another week for development camp? Yeah, that, that that's definitely interesting. I wonder because there's no uh, practices or anything scheduled for tomorrow. So I'll bet they do that so the general managers cannot, at least at least on the VGK side, I should say. Um, just so and they they're don't doing charitable sweat. work tomorrow in the community too. So What's that? Right. The, player, the players are going to get out and do some charitable. Oh, okay, that's good. Okay, tomorrow, that's, but that's yeah, a good, I didn't but, know that. But, so that's... but actually, that's pro- that probably makes the most sense because that's what they have to deal with. So that's a good day for them to have a day off and in the community. Yeah, no doubt. And you would think so. I mean, let's go back to McCrimmon's comments uh, when Cassidy was introduced, right? Um, it was something along the lines that the roster composition was independent from the coach, meaning McCrimmon's going to put the roster together. McCrimmon and McPhee are going to put the roster together. And 
they will hand a sheet of paper to Cassidy and says, here's your team, go get them and perform with this. So where I'm going with this is you hope McCrimmon is, I mean, sure, he's watching these practices and things like that, but it's not necessarily his job to scout these players and take notes on these players. That's what the scouts and the coaches do. And then they'll go back to McCrimmon with, you know, their evaluations of said players. That's not to say McCrimmon's not going to be sitting up there watching and taking notes himself and just trying to understand, but you know, everyone does have jobs and they're hired to do jobs. McCrimmon is not a scout. He is the general manager. His job is to evaluate the talent based on what the coaches and stuff say, not necessarily McCrimmon sitting up there saying, no, I've really, you know, you if you got four or five scouts or coaches basically saying, okay, well, this person needs a better shot and this person isn't necessarily ready yet. I would hope McCrimmon is not the type that's going to go completely against them and say, no, 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 this is what I want. Here he is. Let's go. So on Thursday, you're going to go out to development camp or you're scheduled to go, we should say. And one of the things I'm real, I'm curious about your evaluations, you know, once you uh, return and uh, give us an update on Friday's show, but I'm also curious about, do you, do you feel that you'll be able to, and the fans and everyone, the media, will be able to detect a little bit more of what this Bruce Cassidy, what his system might be based on the way that they're playing and configured here in these uh, three scrimmage games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? I think the scrimmage games are probably going to give you the least, honestly. Um, I think you're going to get more out of the practices and the drills and just watching because in a scrimmage, every situation is different, right? It's not going to be a black and white scenario where this player gets a breakaway or they're doing the same type of passes. It'll be nice to watch them at full ish speed competing really hard. But I think when you're watching players doing the exact same drill, you know, the exact same skating drill where they go up and back in the cones and they work to get themselves, you know, a clear shot from the points, you watch their leg work and things like that. So you can say, if you have, you know, six defensemen doing this drill consecutively, you can see who gets it done the fastest, who gets the best shot off, who is able to, you know, their shot location and things like that. So I really think the practices are where you get more information from now, not to say if someone doesn't light up, uh, you know, the, the scrimmages and puts up a hat trick or something like that, or just always seems to be above the competition. Sure. That'll definitely give uh, the, the players, the fans, the media, the coaches uh, an idea of what they're dealing with. But I really think the most knowledge can be gained from the practice drills specifically to see what their speed is, their agility, their, their passing, their awareness, and you know, the, the, the shots that they take. Yeah, and we are going to get, uh, just like NBA Summer League, which I went to last night, we're going to get a ton of overreactions, right, on all of these players. Whoever steps up, makes a good play, makes, you know, scores a goal or what have you, like you said, maybe a hat trick. We will get those uh, overreactions by the fans and by the media. And, you know, we're going to have to do some equal time here. If we're going to talk about the Blackhawks, I think I should, like, at least shout out the Rangers at some point. But, well... Maybe if Kenny Malkin's going there, never been a free agent. No, before. I think Patrick Kane. I think I think Patrick maybe Kane's Patrick going. Kane. I think he's going. Well, Here's so Kane, or Kane and Panarin had like when Kane and Panarin were together in Chicago on a line, they, uh-huh. it was almost unstoppable. It was just an amazing. I mean, who do you guard? Who who are you going to stop on that line between Kane and Panarin? The answer is nobody. You're not going to be able to stop that line. Um, so he does have his Kane obviously has history with Panarin and that's his number one target, which is what seems to be uh, 
the case. Some I would also look at someone maybe like Pittsburgh, maybe like Los Angeles to maybe make a bid. But, um, you know, the Rangers obviously made it to the, the conference final last year, just a few games away from making the cup final. And if they had Patrick Kane, that might have been a different, a different uh, situation. Well, I was going to say, you know, my Ranger story of yesterday was driving around the city and picking up beer, 7-5 Brewing Company beer for Ryan Reeves so he could patrol the outfield in next week's charity game drinking his beer. So I got to get like a little Ranger shout out in there. But, you know, uh, so some of the uh, a couple of the non-tendered free agents, actually, uh, two of the top ones, right, uh, Dylan Strom and Dominic Kubelik. Of your uh, Blackhawks as well, they just have a fire sale going on there, correct? Yeah, and w- what I don't understand is Dylan Strom. Like, give him his offer and then trade him. There is going to be—I mean, that's going to be one of the very, very first targets here that everyone's going to be going after. Now, I think Dylan Strom, based on his contract, would will get some compensation for Chicago. So maybe that's simply the perspective of. Why are we going to mess around with, uh, you know, trying to work a trade when they're going to get that I think, third round pick based on uh, what his um, what his salary hit is? Uh, I feel bad for Seth Jones over there. I'll say that much. Seth Jones took a took a big, uh, long contract. So, you know, Seth Jones might be stuck there for a while based on the contract that he signed. Um, and Dominic Kubelik, like that was someone that was very highly touted as well. One of the higher rookies in the past couple of years. And um yeah, the fire sale continues. Uh, Jonathan Taves, what's going to happen there? Yeah, anyone else uh, that you saw out there that was not tendered an offer uh, that might be appealing to VGK? The Golden Knights have been just too quiet during this offseason to, to date. It's uh, what can they do, right? Um, you know, the problem is right now with VGK is they have zero leverage. Um, and I, I cite the Nate Schmidt trade again when we signed Petrangelo. The entire NHL knew that someone had to go from BGK at that time. So that's why we got, I think it was like a third or fourth round pick or something like that and traded Schmidt within the the division up to Vancouver, which that was another just, uh, you know, head scratcher. So I I think BGK should, once that Riley Smith uh, re-sign gets announced, which we think could happen any second at this point, you're going to see another domino fall. And whatever that domino is going to be, we are not going to get nearly an appropriate amount of compensation back because I think there's only a small window in which you have to, you can be over the cap in the off season and then you have to become cap compliant. I know LTIR and all that nonsense still, you know, plays to a degree. And I think that's obviously why the Smith signing has not been announced yet. Yeah. And I don't think the, uh, the Rangers are going to be resigning Andrew cop. Um, perhaps we'll see. Uh, but they could he, he's going to get he's going to get paid in, in this offseason. Cops going to get paid definitely. Yeah, I, but I don't think he'll get paid in New York. To be no, I'm with, I'm with you on that. That might have been a, a stopgap type uh, trade, you know, off um, a rental. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. That, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So, uh, what are you looking forward to today out of development camp? Do you think that uh, there'll be more activity, more action with the VGK? You know, yesterday was the first day, right? Yesterday was the, the nerve swag day. It, it was you got probably your swag. what's that? You got your swag yesterday. Everyone should be I happy. <laughs> I, I need some swag. Maybe I'll find something on Thursday. I'm sure the way VGK rolls, I'm sure there is a developmental camp swag you can <laughs> you can purchase at the at the store. But hey, I get my season ticket 10% discount, so I'm good with that. 
<laughs> it'll only be $60 for a polo instead of uh, $75. But um, <laughs> moving past uh, moving past that, um, I think yesterday was the day where the, everyone's nervous, right? The locker room's kind of quiet. People are, you know, sizing each other up a little bit, not necessarily sure what to expect when they take the ice at City National. And then uh, once they get out there, I think they get a little more comfortable. I think today is the ice-breaking day where, you know, they're gabbing a bit in the locker room and stuff and just kind of talking. And today is the day I think you see a little more skill on display than yesterday. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll take a look at free agency as everything will start to accelerate with the opening of free agency officially uh, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time. We'll talk about that, see what happens at development camp today and what else happens with all of these RFA offers and what have you. We thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen each and every day. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And uh, for our man, Chris Collick, I'm Tony Cardasco. We thank you all for tuning in today. And thanks for listening to Locked On Golden Knights.